We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening from now until 11 p.m. Thanks for staying up with us tonight here on Camel X on a stormy Thursday evening. Hope you're not out in the weather. Driving into the studio tonight, uh, it was interesting. I went from sunny to storming to, oh my goodness, I need to pull over to it's not raining anymore and there's no evidence of rain all in a 25-minute drive. So I I don't know where you are tonight, but wherever you are is probably uh, going to be evolving through the evening. So make sure you stick around and stay tuned to Camo X because obviously we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the weather. Speaking of what's going on, if you're listening to us on uh, 50,000 red hot watts on Camo X AM uh, 1120, Thank you. But, you know, you can also catch us if you're in the St. Louis area on 98.7 FM. So whenever I'm driving around town, I leave it on 98.7 because it sounds fantastic. It sounds just as good as the podcasts, which, by the way, if you can't catch us on 98.7, you could always download the Odyssey app from odyssey.com or from the uh, from your app store, whether that's uh, Android or iPhone or wherever you get your apps from, uh, you can download the Odyssey app, catch the uh, the shows, any of the podcasts. You can obviously listen to any of the prior programs. You can listen to at your service. That's what you need to be downloading on the podcast at your service. So thanks for being with us this evening. You know, the pandemic certainly isn't over. I mean, we're seeing right now, uh, this upsurge, uptick in cases throughout the country generally, but really in southern Missouri right here quite a bit. And uh, I, I, I'm an attorney, and uh, I'm often in Springfield, Missouri on court cases. It's I'm probably in Springfield, Missouri at least once a month, if not more often than that. And so there's a, there's a Walmart right near the intersection of 44, Interstate 44, and uh, and I forgot the main drag that goes north and south, but there's a Walmart right there. And uh, what's Glenstone? That's what it is. It's Glenstone and Interstate 44. There's a there's a Walmart. So I was last in Springfield uh, last month, and I stopped into that Walmart and uh, just to pick up a few things because it was really convenient. And I found it interesting. Two things struck me. Number one, I was impressed that there were a lot of people voluntarily wearing masks. Uh, I thought that was good. I mean, I don't think that masks should be mandated, but if somebody wants to wear them, that's obviously better than nothing. Uh, so folks were wearing masks, but unfortunately, since it was Walmart, they weren't wearing pants. So that that was a problem. <laughs> that was a, a problem because uh, there were more people wearing masks than there were wearing pants. So if you go to Springfield, Missouri, 
You know, I would suggest you take two things with you right now with the Delta variant. Take a mask and take some really thick sunglasses because there are some folks there you do not want to see not when they're not wearing pants. You just don't want to see it. It's one of those things that you cannot unsee. Oh, my goodness, my retina has been burned. So, yeah. <laughs> So that was my uh, that was my last trip uh, to uh, Springfield, and on kind of a similar story, uh, I, I saw CNN. I usually peruse the news a little bit more when I'm coming in on Camo X, and CNN had a story today asserting that this summer, you know, while everyone is focused on the resurgence of COVID, and understandably so, it's uh, it's cases are going up. People, there's a possibly a shortage of ventilators. Hospitals are filling up. But apparently, and this isn't something that I normally track or keep track of, but apparently experts warn that we, we may also see a surge in STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. So as I'm watching this story on CNN, which I don't normally watch CNN. It's the Clinton News Network, and I normally don't watch it. But I was I was looking at it because I, okay, I got caught by the headline that said increase in STDs. I'm like, okay, I need to see this. So I'm watching the story, and I'm just wondering, are we supposed to employ social distancing of six feet in order to prevent sexually transmitted diseases? I mean, if, if you follow Dr. Fauci, and you remain six feet from your partner, I promise you, there is no way you're going to get an STD when you're six feet apart. I'm not recommending it because uh, that can make for a very uh, a lonely summer. I'm just letting you know that uh, those social distancing guidelines, even though I think they're by and large not very effective when it comes to COVID, I promise you that six feet social distancing will be absolutely absolutely effective in preventing a sexually transmitted disease. Uh, And I'm not even a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. I'm just looking at it and thinking, you know, if you're six feet apart, not a lot of chance of transmission on that one. So, (laughs) hey, coming up after the break, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. Coming up, uh, we're going to check in with our good friend Ray McCarty. He's with Associate Industries of Missouri, and we're going to check with him because Governor Parson signed a COVID-19 uh, litigation protection bill. He just signed it into law last week. And uh, Ray McCarty with uh, Associate Industries of Missouri uh, will give us a breakdown of what this bill was designed to do, how it's going to work, and how I think, and I think Ray will agree with me, that most people in Missouri will be better off, if not everyone in Missouri will be, except for maybe plaintiff's attorneys, will be better off because this bill was signed into law. Brad Young at your service here on Camo X. Don't go away. We'll be back right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 11 p.m. You know, I forgot to mention at the top of the hour, uh, if you want to text at any time, I, I've already gotten about eight texts and the show just started. So listen, anytime you want to text, I reply during the breaks. Love hearing from listeners on texts. You can text us at any time at 314-436-7900. And we've got some interviews lined up. And as long as we're not in an interview, you can certainly call us. But uh, during the interviews, I really want to talk to the experts. That's why I set these up. And uh, and Ray McCarty, who's the president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri, he is truly an expert because he is the president of Missouri's oldest general business trade association. Hey, Ray, welcome back to Camo X. Brad, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, you have your literal and figurative finger on the pulse of legislation in Jefferson City. And, and last week, Governor Parson signed into law the COVID-19 Liability Protection Act. So how will this new law protect businesses from COVID-19 lawsuits? You know, this is something that we've been wanting since I got the call from the governor asking for uh, businesses across the state to change what they were doing and start making PPE. You remember back when uh, we couldn't get PPE, couldn't get masks, couldn't get gowns. And uh, so I got a call from the governor on a Sunday morning and I called a bunch of members, and everybody I talked to immediately stopped what they were doing and started making personal protective equipment. We had a furniture maker in uh, in Lebanon, Missouri, Justice Furniture, stop making the furniture and started making hospital gowns. And, you know, we had similar stories across the state. And the big question, though, that everybody would ask me when I would ask them if they would help, they'd say, absolutely, we're willing to help. And then the very next question is, are we going to get sued? <laughs> um, because as you know, Brad, no uh, good deed goes unpunished. What? So Those the, darn lawyers, I, I tell know. you what. <laughs> I know, they're crazy. But uh, that was the, that was seriously a very common question. Sure, people sure were concerned. They wanted to help out, but they didn't want to be liable for something if you know, someone, if they wore a mask and it was produced by somebody who didn't normally make a mask mm-hmm. and then they got sick with COVID, they didn't want to be on the hook for liability. And so we've been pushing for COVID liability protection really since the beginning of the pandemic. And you'll recall that very first summer, we, we uh, even attempted to do a special session. I finally got one going in the fall and that kind of ended in some with some political uh, uh, fallout. And so uh, we weren't able to tackle it until we got into the regular session, and it was the very last bill passed by the Missouri House uh, this legislative session. But uh, Governor Parson signed it into law July 7th, and it really does three different things. It provides COVID liability protection for exposure, uh, for medical liability, and then also for product liability, which mm-hmm. is what we just talked about, you know, when someone's making a product they don't normally make. Um, and so it provides, you know, the, the one that affects most businesses is the, is the exposure actions. And, you know, a lot of businesses, when they were reopening, were concerned about this. And I think everyone is right to be concerned about it. Sure. Um, and, and let me interrupt you here for just a second. We're talking to sure. Ray McCarty, who's the president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. And initially, very early on uh, in, in COVID, and I'm saying like in the spring of last year, maybe in the very early summer, but I think it was the spring there was this uh, a very well-publicized lawsuit coming out of Chicago where someone claimed they got COVID because they just walked into Walmart. 
And 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 when that happened to me, that really struck home that anyone can claim anything if you get COVID, uh, even though there's enormous community spread of COVID. We're seeing that now, particularly in southern Missouri. Uh, but there's no way to show from a plaintiff's perspective that that you got COVID at any particular location. But that has never slowed down plaintiff's attorneys from filing lawsuits. I mean, plaintiff's attorneys never let a little thing like facts get in the way of filing a good lawsuit. So how would this particular bill protect businesses in Missouri if they would per, per chance uh, uh, get sued for someone saying, I walked into your store and I got COVID? You just nailed exactly the problem, and that and that is it. You know, so a person will not be able to nail down exactly where they were exposed to COVID unless they're completely imprisoned or they are, you know, at a nursing home, and uh, perhaps they don't go anywhere else, and that's the only place they were and they got it there, then they might have an ability to prove where they got it. But, you know, even a person that works in a nursing home, um, if they stop and get gas, on their way to the to mm-hmm. work, uh, if they get something to eat at a fast food restaurant, um, you know, or if they even go home, you know, they're being exposed to other people. If they live with other people, then they're being exposed to everyone they came in contact with. So, and the incubation period is so long, you can't really nail down where you were exposed. Yeah, there's a two week window. So, how do you know any time during those two weeks? Just because you went in the Walmart and picked up a gallon of milk doesn't mean you got it there. Exactly. Uh, My daughter was diagnosed today with COVID. And, uh, you know, so she was told she's already 10 days into it. Um, they were just estimating, of course, but just based on her symptoms, when the systems came in and, and started, um, they said that she's probably had it for 10 days and she didn't know it. Um, so, you know, people will have it, not know it and accidentally give it to others. Even people that have been vaccinated, sure. I understand, can, can transmit it. And so you will very often see me, by the way, I'm one of those mask wearers, so you'll see me wearing masks and nobody else is just because, you know, I want to put an extra little layer of protection between me and you. Well, I Um, I will tell you, Ray, people have been asking me to wear a mask for the last 27 years. And people are happier when I do, too, and I don't get it. Um, but, uh, But anyway, this bill does set up some things that businesses can do to protect themselves, and one of them is you can post a sign, and the sign is is very lawyer-like. Um, so you'll appreciate this, Brad, but it says under Missouri law, any individual entering the premises or engaging the services of the business waives all civil liability against the individual or entity for any damages based on inherent <laughs> risk associated with an exposure or potential exposure to COVID-19, except for reckless or willful misconduct. And I bet you can't guess who had us put that last phrase in the sign. Uh, some lawyer. You're right. Uh, how right. did I know that? You win the prize, <laughs> except for recklessness or willful misconduct. And seriously, that is the only thing that can really cause you to be liable. Is sure. if you, you know, if you're reckless or or willfully um, misconducting yourself. So if you're if you're telling your your people, you know, you've got a problem in your business, and you're telling them you got to come to work. We're not wearing masks. Everyone's going to be working, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Um, that could be uh, something that would be considered reckless. If you're a normal business, like the 99% of the businesses out there, and you've provided some kind of protection, you provide masks to your people, you try to make sure people social distance as much as you can, you put the plexiglass up between the people, um, or, you know, you post signs like the one we talked about, then you shouldn't be held liable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you're getting into the frivolous lawsuit area, 
And this bill tries to protect against those frivolous lawsuits. Excellent. You know, I, I have, we're talking to Ray McCarty, of course, and he's the president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. And I got to tell you, when I, whenever I was reading last week when the governor signed the bill and, and I was reading some of the details, including that about, uh, uh, about reckless and uh, behavior and, and how that liability can work, I got to tell you, I thought of there's a, there's a meme that I got last year, and the meme was a picture of Chuck Norris drinking like a soda like you would get at QT or any gas station where you have it filled up, except on the label for the soda, it said COVID-19 juice, and Chuck Norris was drinking it. You know, because because Chuck Norris is pretty tough, you know, so he's so tough. He's drinking COVID-19 juice and it's not even bothering him. But, but one might say he was reckless. He was being a little reckless, if, yeah. <laughs> uh, either that or Photoshop. But but the point being is, in all seriousness, is that unless some business is just being completely uh, a, a reckless behavior with regard to how they're operating their business, then they're going to be shielded from liability, which conversely means if you're a reasonable business owner who's taking reasonable precautions to protect your customers, then you're not going to be sued in some frivolous lawsuit. That's right. And, and you know, the bill does have a uh, shorter statute of limitations for bringing the lawsuits as well, two years instead of the five years in Missouri. By the way, Brad, did you realize we have a five-year statute of limitations for bringing personal injury claims in Missouri? Oh, yeah. In fact, not only do I know that, but I had to email uh, an attorney just literally on Friday of last week to remind him because I've got the workers comp lien that I'm protecting. Not that I want to get into all the details of that, but I had to email some plaintiff's attorney to say, listen, your statute of limitations, your five-year statute of limitations runs uh, on this Friday, which is tomorrow, and we, please protect our lien. So yeah, that's something that's extremely long. Uh, com- companies and individuals don't realize that you could be sued five years after something happens. Other states are, have longer statute limitations. Other states have shorter. Missouri is kind of right in the middle. But I'm really glad that this particular bill, even if there's a legitimate reason to file a lawsuit, that statute limitations is severely limited. Right. It's down to two years. And most of our neighboring states, I think, are three. So um, Missouri is extremely long at five. And that's why you see a lot of cases brought, well, among other reasons, that's why you see cases brought in Missouri uh, if there's any kind of connection to Missouri at all. but that So that helps. You know, shortening that, that statute of limitations helps make sure your evidence is still there. You can still find witnesses. Yes. People still remember what happened. Um, those types of things that over, you know, when you get past two years, I mean, crap, you get past, you know, yesterday and ask me what I had for dinner, I can't tell you. No idea. So, uh, you know, so it, it, the shorter you can make those lawsuits happen, then the, the sooner you have the chance of getting it right and making sure that you have... Um, the evidence preserved. So it does that. Um, It does expire. This whole bill expires in four years. Now, we just talked about the statute of limitations being five years, and that's something we're going to have to work on over the next four years, is to make sure that uh, we either make it five years um, or we we do something with the statute of limitations because there will be that gap period where people could wait. You know, if they were very creative attorneys, they could wait until the four years, until the bill expires and file lawsuits during that one-year gap. Sure. So we got to plug that hole. But aside from that, it was a very good bill. Um, it was not. We were not able to make it effective from the beginning of the pandemic, so it will not be effective until August 28th, uh, which is the normal effective date for bills. We tried to get an emergency clause done, and we had some some senators who uh, didn't agree with that and would not approve the 
emergency clause. So. The, the other thing, and we're talking, of course, to Ray McCarty, who's the president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. There's also an element of this bill, Ray, that protects uh, churches and relig- religious organizations as well, isn't there? Yes, there is. And they get pretty much a blanket exemption because, you know, there was a time when uh, when uh, churches were not uh, meeting at all. And then there were some who decided to go on and meet. Um, and it, that gets into that area between church and state, and how much do you how much do you regulate um, practice of a religion? And so they actually have a provision in the bill that says no religious organization shall be required to post or maintain a sign mm-hmm. or provide any written notice concern, c- containing the warning notice. So um, there is a complete uh, shield of liability for uh, places of worship. Well, I will tell you, uh, last June, right in the June, July, right when we were having a lot of of uh, Black Lives Matter protesting going on, and uh, in St. Louis County, where my my church is located, where I go to church, uh, there was a there was a blanket prohibition against against meeting and getting together for church. So I called my pastor and I said, "Don't take this as legal advice, but my." Uh, my recommendation is is that if you just say that if everybody comes to church and brings a sign and says that they're protesting, we can get together and have church. As long as we don't call it church, we'll call it a protest. And uh, yeah. I did. I told him. I said, let's just have a protest on Sunday morning. If it breaks out in worship song, it's just so be it. But you know what? We can just call it a protest, and it's not a church <laughs> service. And he wasn't as gung-ho on that idea as I was. Right, right. Um, I, I can see why. But, I, but the yeah, point yeah. being is, is that I'm really glad that there's this. Uh, uh, protection for religious organizations, uh, because as churches started to get together, you know, I could see where someone could allege that the idea of singing or worshiping exposed them more to COVID, and uh, and, and I'm just so glad that this particular bill had that protection built into it. And, well, and you know, we, we thought we were coming out of all of this, and now we've got the Delta variant that is really, as I understand from the news tonight even, it looks like Missouri is like second in the nation now in in terms of cases again. So it is surging, um, and that's going to be a concern, you know, for anybody, uh, any businesses out there or uh, places of worship. They have to be concerned and try to keep going, you know. And now I think we, we're in a lot better place to be able to navigate the disease and be able to continue to do business and live our lives than we were in March of last year when, you know, all of this started. Um, I think people have learned how to to wear masks. It's not unusual to see people wearing masks. It's not unusual to see people standing six feet apart from somebody in a supermarket. Um, So we're kind of getting used to things that we can do to protect ourselves. And if people would just do that and use some common sense, we wouldn't need bills like Senate Bill 51 that we just had to pass. Mm -hmm. But uh, unfortunately, there will always be those who... uh, um, just don't want to play uh, by any rules, and really, you know, the way I always look at this is it is very much a personal freedom thing, and you know, I'm very much a personal freedom guy, but you know, my rights end where yours begin. So if I can help protect you by wearing a mask, then I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, I always like to say, from a constitutional perspective, every right has a responsibility. So there even if we have a right to freedom, I don't want the government telling me I have to wear a mask. But I have a responsibility not to make my fellow Americans and fellow Missourians sick. So to me, with every right comes responsibility. Hey, in the last few moments that we have here, we're talking to Ray McCarty, president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. I want to switch gears just for one question and just for a moment. 
Sure. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but I know you'll you'll know about this. Axios News Service came out today with a poll demonstrating that 1.8 million Americans turned down jobs this year nationwide because of the expansive unemployment benefits that were paid to U.S. or paid by the U.S. government. So here's my question. Explain to us, Ray McCarty, why people would turn down a job just to keep getting unemployment, and how does this impact Missouri businesses who are, at the moment, just desperate to hire new employees? We are having a horrible time getting people to come to work. Um, and it, and what you said is exactly right. You know, Governor Parsons stopped the extra federal unemployment benefits. He was one of the first governors to do that. Yes, he was. Um, and it, it ended like June 12th or something. It was the the date that it ended. I had a member. Um, this is a, this illustrates your point exactly. I had a member who had an opening for a receptionist position, and he'd had he's in the St. Louis area. And he'd had that position posted since December. He had some had a lady that worked for him for many years, and she retired. And so they had to find somebody to replace her. And they had they did not get any applicants from December all the way through mid June. Oh my goodness! Governor Parson issues this this uh, statement that they're not going to do the federal uh, unemployment any longer after June twelfth. And I'll be darned if that <laughs> that was on a Saturday. That following Wednesday, he called me up and he says, Ray, you will not believe this. He says, you can use this story if you want to. But he said, you know, we had nobody apply for that, that receptionist job. I nobody. said, yeah, I was telling him different employment places he could go. Um, he said, since Monday, we have had 250 applicants. <laughs> and now we don't know what to do in terms of screening them all and trying to get people uh, to work. So the, the, then the question becomes, as an employer, do you really want one of those people who is sitting on the couch making thirty grand a year That's not true. working to That's be true. your receptionist? Um, but at least you can have somebody, you know, uh, apply for the job, and maybe you can find someone who really does want a job. So it did have an impact, um, and, you know, the, the – the employers in the state are just hungry for people. So if you're out there and you need a job, you should be able to find one now. And yep. I would encourage you to go out and, and if you want to change jobs, great. Uh, but get a job because there are plenty out there and plenty of employers waiting to hire you. Now is the time. Hey, if folks want more information on Associated Industries of Missouri, how can they reach out to you? The easiest way, Brad, is at our website, www.aimo.com. A-I-M-O dot com. Excellent. Ray McCarty, President and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. Hey, thank you for joining us again this evening here on CamelX. Brad, thank you so much, and thanks for all you do. This is a great show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, when we come back, we'll take your calls, your texts. What's on your mind? 314-436-7900 on At Your Service on CamelX. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in this evening until 11 p.m. What's on your mind? Phone lines are open. Text line is open. 314-436-7900. I've gotten a lot of texts this evening already, and I try to reply during the break. So uh, feel free to text at any time. And if you uh, have the desire to say one of those words you can't say on the radio... Well, just text it to me. <laughs> don't call and say it. Uh, we don't want to hear that on the radio. But even if you have to, you just got to get it out. 
Well, just text it to me, 314-436-7900. The other night, I guess it was Tuesday night, I was in here, and one of the callers who called in wanted to talk about burning the American flag. And so I went through the legal test of what's called symbolic speech. And we talked about that here. This is Tuesday night. We probably talked about that for a whole segment, uh, five, ten minutes or so. And we were discussing how going back to 1966, there was this case called United States versus O'Brien. And in U.S. versus O'Brien, it was a, it was against the law to burn your draft card to go to the Vietnam War. And so uh, O'Brien, the defendant, decided he was going to light up his draft card, burn it to the ground uh, to to protest the Vietnam War. And he was arrested for that and charged with a crime. And so he took that case up to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said that's symbolic speech. And you have a First Amendment right to symbolic speech. The government cannot punish you for that symbolic speech. And in 1989, I believe it was, because I was in law school at the time, uh, in 1989, the Supreme Court handled the Texas versus Johnson where someone burned an American flag. And in that case, again, burning the American flag was against the law. Uh, Someone was burning the flag as symbolic speech, uh, and they were arrested, charged with a crime, challenged it. And the Supreme Court, I think rightly so, even though I used to really not agree with this, but once I went through law school, understood how important freedom of speech is, Uh, I agreed with that decision that it was symbolic speech and they shouldn't be punished for it. But after Tuesday, I've just kind of been thinking about the caller. I believe her name was Julie who called in and we and uh, and I was just thinking about it. And so I went to look because it, it occurred to me that it seems like I recalled someone who burned an LGBTQ flag, rainbow flag, and got punished for it. And it occurred to me. What's the difference? You know, in other words, if you can burn the American flag as symbolic speech and you can't be punished for it, what happens if you burn a rainbow flag as symbolic speech to say, I oppose homosexuality? Seems like it should be the same thing. So I researched that. And in December of 2019, a U.S. judge sentenced an individual, Adolfo Martinez, to 15 years in prison for stealing an LGBTQ pride flag, and he burned it. And so he was charged with a hate crime, and he was convicted and sentenced and went to prison, still presumably in prison, and will be so for years to come. And it occurred to me, what's the difference? In other words, I I, I think that hate is... If you hate someone for their sexual orientation, that's clearly wrong. I would never, ever support someone uh, voicing hate or taking any action against someone based upon their their gender or their sexual identity. But if you just look at it from a legal perspective, why is it that if you burn the American flag, there's no consequence? In other words, you cannot be punished by the U.S. government for burning an American flag. But you go to prison for 15 years for burning an LGBTQ flag. And I just want to know what's the difference. What is the difference between those two? Aren't they both 
symbolic speech, even though one is reprehensible. Actually, they're both reprehensible from my perspective. I can't imagine why someone would want to burn an American flag. But what is the legal difference between those two acts? Aren't they both symbolic speech? I mean, aren't they both, you're stating that I am asserting a political position through my conduct of burning a flag or burning a draft card, any of those things. What do you think? Is those two things the same thing? And should there be a distinction? 314-436-7900 here on At Your Service on Camo X. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Your Service. 314-436-7900. Folks are calling in. What's on your mind? Love to hear from you this evening here on Camo X. Uh, Mark is uh, holding. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind this evening? Yes, sir. You are just talking about burning the American flag and or burning the LBGQ flag. Exactly. But you said it yourself. He stole the LBGQ flag. Okay. That's a big difference when you get a sentence or not. All right. Well, uh, answer me this. Does someone go to prison for 15 years for stealing an item that's worth less than $30? Well, you'll probably have to ask that judge and see what the prior record was with uh-huh. that gentleman as well, but there was a big difference, and that was stealing. That's not a big difference. In fact, that's what's called a difference without distinction, because anytime you you steal something worth less than $100, that's a misdemeanor. It's not a felony, and misdemeanors, by definition, mean that you cannot serve more than one year in prison. If this gentleman was sentenced to 15 years in prison, it wasn't for the stealing of the flag, because that would be a misdemeanor it was for hate speech but how is that that any different how is that any different than burning the american flag are you sure that flag he burnt they stole was less than a hundred dollars i promise you that it was there is no flag worth more than a hundred (laughs) dollars nowhere no there isn't 20 foot flag Oh, it wasn't burning some like that giant thing that you see that truckers like to carry. It was a regular size flag. And there's no flag no. anywhere worth worth $100. Okay, I'm glad you know what size it was. I do. All right. Hey, Mark, appreciate you calling in, sir. Thank you. I thank you. Sean, welcome to Camo X. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm going to make sure that you listen to me, not your radio, because there's a little bit of a delay. So uh, what's on your mind this evening, Sean? Well, so if you got the whole free speech argument thing going on, and free speech applies to, you know, talking about or talking against a government, not you know, a, a, a governmental entity, not not a group of people who are just, you know, who they are because of who they are. And I, I really think that's the basic difference there. I don't know that there's really any argument against that. Really? Uh, but there's nothing symbolic. A speech is speech, and there's nothing in the First Amendment that limits what that speech is. And both of those occurrences, I'm not saying people should be allowed to go out and burn the flag for hate speech. I, I'm a completely against hate speech. But my point is, is that one is punishable by 15 years in prison and one is not punished at all for this ostensibly the exact same activity or conduct. Conduct. And you don't think those two situations are the same? I don't think they're the same, no, because I think one is against a specific group of people 
again for you know just being who they are. And I think if you if you burn the American flag, you're you're you're, you're obviously protesting against the American government. And you know you're American by choice. You're not homosexual by choice. You see what I'm saying? Well, I, so, I do see that. But as I'm looking at the First Amendment, I mean, I've got it memorized. But as I'm looking at the First Amendment, it says Congress shall make no law uh, abridging the freedom of speech. It doesn't limit that speech uh, to speech that just happens to be against the federal government. It, it doesn't. And in fact, the Supreme Court has ruled on numerous occasions over the last 40 years that hate speech is still protected speech. Again, I'm not advocating for it, but hate speech is still protected under the First Amendment. So I just don't understand how you can go to jail for voicing symbolic hate speech for 15 years when the First Amendment protects your right of freedom of speech, saying the government cannot punish you for the exercise of your freedom of speech. I mean, well, fair enough. I mean, you look at the, the... you look, you look at what the, the what America was founded on in the first place. It was honestly separation and, and, and loathing of the government that it was under. So, you know, there's a a a an ingrained piece of that that you know says, well, if if you know I've got an issue with the government, then um, there are ways in which I can. Uh, well, hey, Sean, I, I appreciate your call, but we're coming up here on a break, my friend. I'm going to have to let you go, but I really appreciate you calling in this evening. Thank you. Uh, coming up after the break, listen, if you got more stuff you want to talk about, 314-436-7900, call or text Brad Young here on At Your Service on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.